Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hi, friends. Bill and I are so grateful that you've joined us. We love being with you and hearing from you. We've had the opportunity to be meeting more and more of you through our institutes and and the traveling we're doing to different churches around the country. And it's always, so I always feel so honored and privileged to meet you and to hear how you're following Jesus with us. So thank you. you. You matter to us. You make a difference to us. Bill and I just got back from being together with some of the top 100 mental health Christian leaders and professionals in our nation. There was some of us together that were pastors that have experienced mental health issues in ourselves, our families, and ministering out of that. Florida's given a special calling there as wounded healers, some that were professors, educators, writers, researchers in this area, really called to make a difference and an impact in the area of mental health. And then there were some of us who are therapists, who are doctors of psychology, and there were psychiatrists as well, medical professionals serving in this area. We all came together to pray and really seek to discern and to collaborate. How can we best partner together to serve the bride of Christ? And May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we have been thinking and praying about this as well, because this is an area where, Bill, we have a a real concern for, and obviously a calling when we went to get our doctorates in psychology. It was because we had a burden and a call to help people in the church be more healthy emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. Yeah, so in this uh, series of podcasts uh, this month, we're going to be talking about anxiety and depression, addiction, uh, spiritual abuse, uh, topics like this, because this is where we all live. We all live with uh, various stressors and emotional distress personally or in our family, our friends, our churches. And so we want to really remove the the shame that gets mm-hmm. on people, yes. the, the, the judgment and the isolation around uh, mental health challenges that, that we're dealing with in our, in our lives, in our nation, in our world, and to be able to talk about this and understand these issues and how they relate to uh, discipleship to Jesus. So important because the enemy does try to come and shame us, keep us secret, make us feel like we can't talk about it at church or in Christian communities. And unfortunately, there is some misunderstanding there sometimes in the church. There are people that have felt very, very judged and even been told that their problem is they don't have enough faith. Which is so harmful. Throughout the scriptures, we see examples of people dealing with depression and anxiety and, and other challenges and having these uh, emotions and these struggles is as natural. It's part of life on earth uh, since the fall and stress and conflict that we have in our relationships. And so uh, we need to understand how to address these issues, how to uh, listen with empathy to people, how to treat people with dignity, whatever they're experiencing, how, how to not uh, be uh, exclusive uh, in a way that we we make church activities, Christian activities, spiritual life only for the the, the neat and tidy and the well put together, because uh, as we go through the different challenges in life, it's natural that we're going to have uh, pockets or aspects of these disorders that we might experience, 
And so I think some, one of the things that's such, so encouraging for me, Christy, in the Mental Health Collective that we were at is that uh, there's so much that's being done sort of beyond the psychiatrist's office and the psychologist's office. So much is being done in the area of coaching, for instance. And what's great about this is that I think that we've made so much progress in recent decades with uh, people who need psychological help being able to find a professional and uh, most pastors are uh, very open to this and making referrals. And, and by the way, uh, the, the number one place that people still go to when they're having a mental health challenge or crisis is to uh, their pastor or to a pastor in their community. And so it's so important for all of you who are pastors and church leaders to be prepared for that conversation. And uh, if, you, if you feel like, oh, well, I don't have anybody in my congregation that's dealing with that, well, you, well, you need to look more closely because every sermon that's preached in every church, there is, is somebody there that is struggling with these kinds of issues. And so it's important that we're conversant and that um, we are able to uh, listen and, and care and uh, speak to these issues and integrate them with our discipleship to Jesus. I mean, you just look through the Psalms, and half of the Psalms are laments, where the psalmist is dealing with things like anger, anxiety, stress overload, uh, discouragement, depression, compulsive behavior, and the, the kinds of challenges that, that come into a therapist's office. They're right there in the Psalms and in, in others w- within Scripture. And so this is uh, understanding these issues is actually very central to spiritual formation in Christ. It is. And we're talking about anxiety, particularly in this podcast today. And 20% of Americans struggle and suffer with an anxiety disorder. And there's another statistic that's even bigger. is from the National Institute of Mental Health. If you just look at, well, sometime in your life as an adult, would you struggle with an anxiety disorder? 31% of people at some point in their lifetime will struggle with an anxiety disorder. And of course, anxiety symptoms would even just expand that that statistic a lot more. Yes. I mean, at some point in our life, we all experience symptoms of anxiety that are, become troublesome, bothersome, intrusive, disruptive to our life, to our health, to our sleep in, in some form. And Bill, in this area, you're you're the wounded healer in our relationship when it comes to anxiety. I have struggled more with depression. You've struggled more with anxiety. I have had challenges with anxiety all my life, and it's from internalizing stress. And I'm very thankful that uh, for a number of years now, it's been much less for me, even though I have more stress in my life than I've ever had before. But I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder uh, a long time ago and worked with a therapist to get help with my own anxiety. I've had uh, anxiety attacks. I've had times of just being so overloaded that I don't feel I can function very well and isolating because of that, feeling ashamed because of that. And a lot of things I've learned about anxiety, one of them is that it's basically a control disorder. Uh, It's a disease of trying to control People, uh, outcomes, situations, my image, what people think about me. Uh, usually people that deal with anxiety, they're, they're people like me that are high-functioning, highly responsible, uh, really caring for other people, and they take on too much and probably have a, a disease of being overly responsible. <laughs> and so that tends to go with anxiety. Now, it's not so much the person we, we think when we think of anxiety, we think of someone that's sort of in the corner, trembling in fear and not able to function. 
And we might have moments like that, and there, there are people that are in that condition. But normally, someone who is dealing with anxiety is uh, functioning quite well. Yes. Uh, and they're over-functioning. Right. And you, even in your Easy Yoke book, which you talk about anxiety, you talk about the optimal stress diagram, and you talk about how we can have too much stress or too little stress, and how that it is when you have the too much stress, that is where you tend to get prone towards anxiety. That's one of the things you talk about. And it's interesting because in my work in therapy, in my relationship with you, if you hadn't been honest and vulnerable with me about your anxiety, I wouldn't have known that this is something you struggle with because it's not something that you show. You have chosen to show it to me. But it, it's anybody that just knows you and watches you in your life wouldn't know you struggle with anxiety. And that is true for most people with anxiety. You don't see it. I'm always surprised when I am meeting somebody who suffers from anxiety. I never would have guessed. You know, sometimes you can see it. But oftentimes, there's a surprise there. They, they show themselves and appear to be very calm. Yeah, so the optimal stress uh, research that you're referring to uh, in my book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, the point there is that stress is things that we experience in our life, uh, events that we go through, not just hard things, even good things, uh, changes, uh, responsibilities are stressful, but obviously hard things as well, health challenges, conflicts in relationship, uh, things like this. So when stress gets internalized, that's where we have anxiety. And so we have this phrase, you know, I'm stressed out. And uh, really, it's stressed in. <laughs> but then it gets stressed out when it shows to other people. So anxiety is, is stressed in. It's, it's internalizing stress. And so that's why people aren't seeing it. Because again, someone with anxiety is very image conscious and control oriented, responsibility oriented. And so they're they're not showing that they're they're like that that duck on the water that it looks looks fine but underneath the surface of the water the lakes are just churning like crazy, and so that's what's going on with anxiety and uh, in the optimal stress diagram and this is an important coaching tool for leadership that we use in soul shepherding and if you don't know we have coaches in soul shepherding that uh, we have trained and we are training as well as we have spiritual directors and uh, in coaching we talk about the importance of you know how we lead and leading with Jesus in in a healthy relationship with the Lord and healthy relationship with people and so uh, in in coaching it's real important in terms of our our performance in our in our work uh, in our ministry uh, reaching our goals our effectiveness and having healthy relationships we want to be in that place of optimal stress and so optimal stress is away from the extremes of being overstressed and anxious, or the surprise is on the other side, being understressed, which sometimes looks like depression. Mm -hmm. Now, anxiety and depression can go together on, on both sides here, but sometimes we are understressed where we're having trouble activating, and that would be classical depression, which we'll talk about in the coming podcast. And so we want to be in that place of optimal stress where we're, we're engaged, we're, we're activated, we're, we're dealing with the challenges in our life, we're facing our, our stressors, but without being overwhelmed either in depression where we're shutting down and not functioning or overwhelmed with anxiety where we're churning on, on the inside and uh, uh, 
uh, dealing with, with fear, maybe panic attacks, and that sort of thing. And I think it's important also when we talk about anxiety to realize that, well, I said oftentimes you don't know, you're surprised. And there are people that actually you can sense the anxiety just being with them, and you can ca- catch their anxiety because there's so much anxiety controlling them. Maybe you feel controlled by it, and you're feeling anxious in, in their presence or under their control, or you just feel the anxiety that they can't contain it anymore, and it's overflowing. Anxiety also can manifest for people in their body and in ways where they may not consciously know they're struggling with anxiety. Oftentimes, people will present with physical symptoms that are due to anxiety that they don't realize that. So digestive problems or a lot of sweating and a lot of inability to sleep or even some mental confusion, scatteredness and not able to focus. There's other ways that anxiety can manifest for people that oftentimes they don't realize that their problem is anxiety. In fact, a lot of people that show up in the emergency room, their their physical symptoms are actually caused by anxiety. They think they're having a heart attack, but it's really a panic attack or uh, because we had a racing heart often goes with anxiety. Uh, mental disorders are always in the body. There's, there's physiology, there's biology associated with this, uh, not only in terms of like our hormones and our adrenal glands and all of that, uh, and, and the brain scan will show it, but it's, it's, the anxiety is going to be living somewhere in our body because, uh, remember, it's stress has been internalized. So when there's an anxiety problem, there's always a repression problem or a denial problem where we're denying the emotions that we have related to stress. Or maybe we're feeling them, but those emotions are sort of like on top of us because we, we are not uh, able to or don't know how to to feel that emotion and pray it through like, like the psalmist does or talk it through with a soul friend who gives us empathy. And so when we're uh, internalizing and denying that stress over time that will build up into uh, symptoms of anxiety. And, and the overtime part about that is very confusing to people because so often when I've talked with people who are anxious or having panic disorder, they'll, they'll tell me, I don't, know, I don't know why I had another attack and they're, they're frustrated with themselves, which is often part of the anxiety is the self-judging, and, which is very much part of depression as well. And so they, they don't realize why they had this, this panic attack because they're, they say, well, I haven't really had much stress lately. And I say, well, let's talk about what's been going on. And so I have them tell me about their recent days and weeks. And then I can invariably identify five or six things that were, were very stressful that they actually felt fear or anxiety about, or they were, they were ruminating about, obsessing about, which is another symptom that goes with anxiety. But they, they didn't pay attention to it because they were, they were trying so hard to perform. And they were, they were focused so much on on their, their, their work, what, what they were doing, or what other people were thinking or feeling. And so they were just sort of skimming across the surface of their life and not realizing that actually there were a lot of emotions going on there. And so it's, it's through uh, naming those feelings and learning how to relax the control on my life because being vulnerable with somebody is a way of letting go of control and sharing your life, your experience, your emotions, and then learning how to uh, receive and absorb the, the curiosity, the concern, the, the, the care that someone would show to you. So you're not carrying the, the burden alone, because that's what happens in anxiety, is that we tend to isolate and, and carry our stress 
the, the things that are bothering us, we're carrying it alone. That's something you hear from Bill and I often in Soul Shepherding is don't do this alone. We need shepherds after God's heart. That's what Soul Shepherding is called to be. We we need people who understand, who empathize, who can validate our experience for us and help us grow and bring this into our relationship with Jesus, our intimacy with him, which is why we're, we're growing coaches as well as spiritual directors so that there's more of you because our mental health providers are overloaded right now, especially since the pandemic, because so many more people are filled with anxiety. There's so many more stresses in our world that people are dealing with today. And there is help. Sometimes the help that you need with when struggling with anxiety or a mental health disorder is from a healthcare professional. Sometimes you need medication because sometimes there's biological components that are that play into this as well. But there's a lot actually that we can get within the body of Christ from others who can can guide us, can lead us, can minister to us, can be an ambassador of Jesus to us, offering us coaching and how to handle some of these things and providing us with spiritual direction and companioning us and helping us connect to the Lord in our place of need. Well, let's talk about some of those uh, coaching techniques and methods and some of the spiritual formation practices that can be helpful with anxiety. Because you've experienced a lot of help in this area. In anxiety, you've gotten probably more help through spiritual formation practices than you have through psychology Although it's hard to measure when that's our, our profession, but yeah, it, it's been super helpful to me. Things like meditation on scripture mm-hmm. and learning, and what we teach in our Soul Shepherding Institute is that it, meditation on scripture is not just like um, thinking about it and analyzing it. That's more like Bible study, which is you know very helpful and important. But meditation gets more into our emotions and our our relationship with the Lord. And so learning how to uh, read a scripture and linger and pause and ask, well, how do I feel uh, as I'm reading this? And what is, how does this relate to my life? And w- w- what situation is sort of like this? And well, how am I feeling in that situation? What do I need in that situation? And then praying about those things. And uh, in uh, Lectio Divina and Ignatian Meditation, two of the two of the disciplines for scripture meditation that we teach and we have resources in our Soul Shepherding store on our website that uh, help you learn how to practice Lectio Divina, learn how to practice Ignatian meditation uh, or or breath prayer. And these are ways of interacting with scripture to uh, where scripture is guiding us in paying attention to and caring for our emotions and our needs and then sharing that in a relationship. And so that's been so helpful for me to integrate into my discipleship with Jesus, my emotions and my stress. One of the things we most often get feedback from people is how breath prayers are helping them to calm their anxiety. This has been a major tool, a fruit of soul shepherding. And even just yesterday, we were reading a letter from someone who was thanking us for breath prayers and how much they've helped her. And they said, I've learned that using breath prayers, it's like this gentle wave in the background of my life now that is flowing in me and through me and around me and over me and under this current of God's peace of of connection with the Lord. And it's helping me to tune into the Lord and, and to not be so reactive to the stresses in life. And that's 
breath prayers have been such helpful tool. They've been helpful to me, even though anxiety isn't my struggle. It, as a heart type on the Enneagram, as, a, as an Enneagram too, my temptation is to worry too much about what people think of me. And so sometimes when I'm being entrusted with something that's an intimidating situation for me, where I feel like I really want to please God in this person, well, I can feel anxiety as well. And breath prayers always help me really calm down my body and focus on Jesus with me and depend upon him and his spirit and get out of this self-focus of thinking it's all up to me. Yeah. So in a breath prayer, we do uh, deep breathing, slow breathing. And when we're anxious, our breathing is shallow and rapid. And so it's a big deal to just simply pay attention to our breathing. Just slow it down. Helps me be present right now and here uh, when we do that deep breathing. Because anxiety is in our body. And that's true with all of the, the mental health disorders and challenges that we deal with. Uh, in fact, it's true with all emotion. Friends who are listening, if you don't uh, know, Christine are writing a book on emotions and personality right now. And uh, pray for us about that. And we're writing that for you. And we hope this will be really helpful and encouraging to you. And one of the things that we talk about is that emotion, uh, it's not like just some mental thought. It's embodied. We, we, we feel emotions in our, in our body. And so when we are uh, dealing with anxiety, it is always in the body. And so that's a reason why breath prayers are so powerful because that anxiety, uh, that stress overload that we're internalizing, it's in our bodies. And that's why we're breathing shell. That's why our, our heart's uh, racing. That, that's why our stomach's doing somersaults. That's why we, we can't sleep. Uh, it's because the anxiety is in our bodies. And so the uh, the care for anxiety, the treatment, needs to deal with our bodies. We, we need to um, internalize God's peace in our body, and then we need to learn how to integrate those two. And that's a big part of the treatment with anxiety that people don't realize, because a natural response to anxiety is how we just tend to deal with it, is to avoid the situation that scares us, that stresses us. And the part about that that can be helpful is that when we're overloaded, we need a break. And so sometimes we need to be able to set boundaries and, and not deal with things. But the problem is that with anxiety, oftentimes avoiding situations becomes a habit. And it can be confusing because we've been talking about how people who are anxious are over-responsible and over-functioning. And normally that's true. But yet even within that over-responsible person's pattern are stuff they're avoiding. And so an essential part of the treatment for anxiety is to face the situations that you're anxious about. So I used to have an anxiety, very significant anxiety, fear, panic around public speaking. I hated public speaking. I didn't think I was good at it. And I had panic attack um, when I was a keynote speaker and had 2,000 people listening to me. And I just froze like a deer in the headlights. And my heart was racing and it was hard to find the words. And it, it was miserable. It, it took me some moments to gather myself, and it, it wasn't a great talk that I gave. Uh, that was that was a long time ago, and the Lord has helped me, and now public speaking is like my favorite thing to do. Uh, but it illustrates the point that I was avoiding how I felt about public speaking, and then I wanted to avoid public speaking. And it's, that's the most common phobia uh, that people have is uh, fear of public speaking. And so the problem is if you just avoid the thing that makes you anxious, it starts shrinking your world. 
And the extreme example of that is agoraphobia, where we're actually start getting afraid to leave our house or leave our neighborhood or just certain places that we avoid, whether it's the grocery store or church or some, some place where we've had a bad experience with anxiety, we just start avoiding that. So then that makes our world a lot smaller. And so getting free of anxiety includes facing those situations that frighten us. But the big difference is doing it with support, doing it with someone who's giving us empathy, doing it with some new techniques like we're talking about with scripture meditation or seeking empathy or uh, writing down all of my negative thoughts and then uh, on another column writing down, well, what are the promises of God's word? What are the what are the truths of Scripture and, and God's loving presence to help me? And so uh, rethinking some of those attitudes that are uh, putting us into anxiety. If you're listening, you might be feeling a little bit like, well, yeah, but it's it's hard not to avoid these things that make me so anxious. And, I, and we do have empathy for you in that. It when When you're anxious, it's really hard to not be anxious about your anxiety. It's really hard to not be anxious about that you're going to feel that panic again. You're going to feel out of control again. You're going to feel those physical symptoms in your body again. It could be very preoccupying. And we just want you to know that we have empathy for you in that. It, it is really scary. It is really upsetting. It is really vulnerable to have had a panic attack or to have these anxiety symptoms and then to be facing that situation again. Or or maybe to be in a situation like a lot of people I talk to with anxiety that it came out of nowhere. They don't know why they had this panic, all of a sudden this anxiety, these bodily symptoms. They don't know the cause of it. And it makes them just feel so insecure and afraid and vulnerable in all situations in life to be in any situation where they don't have control or they don't feel safe. So we do we do empathize with you in that, but we're also saying that you don't have to live controlled by that anxiety and that fear, and that's why it, one of the things that Soul Shepherding we've felt really called to and that we've offered is we're offering you tools that we've learned as therapists, that we've learned in our own life, in our own formation in Christ, that have been the most helpful to us in this area and the most helpful to the people that God has called us to journey with. And so we have all these tools that can help you with anxiety on our Soul Shepherding Network is a great place where you can get tools for yourself or for your church or for the people that you're companioning, coaching, directing, guiding, ministering to and as a small group leader, practical tools, breath prayers you can lead them in, meditations on scriptures, journaling exercises that can help you get aware of the anxiety that you're unconscious of and help you articulate it, help you bring it into relationship. And, and these tools, these spiritual formation tools, and then also these behavioral health, mental health interventions, Bill, that you and I have learned, but that can be accessible to our friends. They don't have to become doctors of psychology to learn and to use these. We, we've put these in a lot of our resources. And We've found help from our profession and our studies, but we also have received some help from mentors like Dallas Willard. Yeah, and so you can join the Soul Shepherding Network. Uh, that's for you. It's it's for uh, your your friends, people that you care for, and it's easy to, to become a member of the Soul Shepherding Network. You can learn about that on our Soul Shepherding website. And in addition to those uh, tools that Christy is mentioning, we have uh, webinars, a, a growing library of webinars that can help you. 
And uh, many of the things that we've learned from Dallas Willard are in our network. And it's because there are things that we can do. So uh, just in closing here, let's mention one more practical thing that you can do when you're dealing with anxiety. Because as Christy is saying, uh, when you're overloaded with stress, when you're afraid, uh, on a temporary basis to avoid that situation, of course, that, that is, um, we want to give you that grace. But then what you want to do in, in that uh, point is to seek support and care uh, to understand what's going on. And from, from that place, you can do an exercise that we call uh, to watch and pray with Jesus, where you do a meditation on Scripture, and then you, uh, as you are meditating on Scripture and uh, maybe doing a breath prayer with that, um, but learning to experience God's peace. And when you talk with, say, one of our soul shepherding spiritual directors or coaches, they will minister God's peace to you because they have learned these things that we're talking about. And that's, that's how we internalize peace. The best way is through a relationship, of course, from the Lord himself, but sometimes we need a Christ ambassador who helps us to uh, experience that sense of God's presence and, and grace and comfort that can bring us peace. And so you can be guided in a meditation. Like we do this in our Soul Shepherding Institute. We don't just talk at people and teach stuff. We actually do stuff. We do scripture meditation together. We do soul talk in groups. We do, we call TLC time, a time to, to love Christ together in uh, solitude and silence. We're all practicing this together. Then we come back and process uh, by listening to each other after our time apart. And so through each other, we can receive more of God's peace. And what our coaches and spiritual directors can do is to guide you in this sort of watch and pray process where while you are meditating on scripture and as you're experiencing God's peace, then we'll say, okay, now I want you to uh, talk to the Lord about that situation that you are afraid of, that, that, that stress in your life that you're wanting to avoid, and to just name that to the Lord and, and tell the Lord how you feel about that. And then, then you return to your meditation, peace be still, Jesus says, in the storm, or in Jesus' name, not my strain, uh, different uh, thoughts that might come from Scripture or different breath prayers that we teach. And so we're integrating the, uh, the sense of peace that we can receive from God's Word, from uh, our our coach or spiritual director uh, from the Lord, we're integrating that peace with the stress or the conflict or the pain in our life because that's where we need it. And so when we can face that situation through meditation, through talking to somebody, then that helps us to face the situation in our behavior, uh, in our actual life. So that's a watch and pray exercise, and that's an additional tool that is in our Soul Shepherding Network. So, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are the one that calms the storms within us, within our soul, that you are our Prince of Peace. We thank you, Jesus, that you understand and have empathy for us in our anxiety, that you as a human experienced anxiety. We see that even in the Garden of Gethsemane, the anxiety, the stress that you experienced there, the way that you asked your friends to join you in prayer, the way that you cried out to your Father, the way that we see you using and meditating on Scripture in your life on earth too, and the way that you, you lead us 
that you are our rock, our secure place. You are the one that holds us when we're shaking, that ministers peace to the depths of our soul. We thank you, Lord, that you have created us in ways that we can be able to receive your grace even through deep breathing and other practices that would help us to experience and receive more of your, your touch, your peace, your life into our life, even into our body and into our, our emotions, our unconscious and into our relationships. Pray for our listeners, Lord, that you would guide them each into safe and healthy relationships where they can continue to grow in health and wholeness and holiness. By your power and for your glory, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, friends, Christian Eric said to let you know that we now have coaches in our soul shepherding ministry. If you go to our website, you can, right now you could schedule an appointment to meet with a soul shepherding coach. Our coaches specialize in helping you in your leadership and in your influence. They specialize in your best life in Jesus' easy yoke. How do we actually live and work in Jesus' easy yoke? And they have many different tools to help you uh, in your effectiveness, in your relationships, and in your life in your emotional and relational health. And so check us out on soulsharpening.org, uh, coaching, and uh, schedule a, a meeting with a coach who will listen to you with empathy, pray for you, and guide you in practical ways where you can make real and substantial changes in your life, in your work, in your relationships, in your ministry. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org.